stand to worship and praise the Lord in the beginning of this service tonight. Lord, we love you and we praise you, Jesus. We worship you. We magnify you. God, thank you for another opportunity to be in your house tonight, Lord. God, thank you for another chance to come into your presence and praise your name, Lord. And worship you, God. What a blessing. What an honor it is, God. Lord, we want to come into your house with a grateful heart tonight, Lord. Believe in God that you're going to meet with us here tonight, Lord. Believe in God that you're going to be in our midst tonight. Believe in Lord, that in this house, in this place, Lord, that your presence is going to be here, God. Lord, that you're going to be working in our midst. God, that you're going to be walking up and down every aisle, God. Touching hearts and lives and souls tonight, Jesus. Meeting needs tonight, God. We worship you. Lord, you are great, Lord. You are beautiful, God. You are majestic, Lord. God, I love your name. God, there is none above you, Lord. God, there is none like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord to everybody. Praise the Lord. Uh, we welcome you to our youth rally tonight, and uh, we're just expecting the Lord to do great things. Thank you for all that have come, and we're going to just worship the Lord and lift him up and to see him touch and transform lives. How many believe tonight that the Lord can do exceeding abundantly above that which we can even ask or think? As I prayed and began to talk to the Lord about this service tonight, I said, Lord, I don't even know the potential of this service tonight. Only you know the potential of this service tonight. And uh, only you know the enormity of the needs that are represented by all of the people that are going to be in this youth rally tonight. And I'm confident that you're able to move, you're able to work, and you're able to touch and transform. Amen. So why don't we just agree right now in the beginning of this service that God is going to do his great and exceeding work. Will you join with somebody near you one more time? Let's just pray together and let's become one in the presence of the Lord. Let's receive one mind. Let's be in one accord. Let's let the glory of the Lord be exceeding and great in this place this evening. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Anoint our minds, Lord. Anoint our hearts, Lord. Anoint our souls, Jesus, tonight. Grace us with your presence. Be exceeding. Be mighty and marvelous, O oh Lord God, I pray. Do what only you can do in salvation and deliverance, O oh Lord God. Giving peace, O oh Lord liberating hearts and minds in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus
Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, Brother Townley asked me to read a scripture for tonight, and the scripture that I chose was Psalm 91, verses 9 through 13. It reads, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lyre, lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. And I was just thinking that song... I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me has been on my mind recently. And that last verse, the the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under thy feet. That verse in the song that says, he is under my feet. God God has given us victory over everything, everything that's, uh, that's coming against us, that's attacking us, that's trying to hold us back from what God has for us. the victory that he gives through his spirit. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power. You receive the ability to trample the lion under your feet and to trample the adder under your feet, to trample anything that comes against you, any situation, any circumstance that you have. God is able to give you victory and to bring you through everything that's troubling
I believe the Lord is able to lift every burden in this place tonight. I believe that the Lord is able by his anointing to destroy every yoke. Amen. Do you believe it tonight? Did you come expecting? Do you feel the witness of the work of God already upon your hearts, upon your minds in this service? Amen. Take a moment. Greet somebody's hand near you. Let them know it's good to see them in the house of the Lord.
the kingdom of heaven is not meat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Aren't you glad for the joy of the Holy Ghost? Amen. The psalmist said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Hallelujah. Amen. How many wants the joy of the Lord? That is your strength to be revived and renewed in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joy in the Holy Ghost. We love you for it. We praise you for it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I would like Pastor Wesley Jackson to come greet us right now. When he is finished, Pastor Justin Jackson is going to greet us. And uh, while they're coming, I would like Sister Becky East to come and be prepared to sing when they are finished tonight. Brother Jackson, I love you. Welcome, friend. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't everything that hath breath just praise the Lord right now? Come on, why don't everybody clap your hands? Why don't everybody lift your voice? Why don't everybody give him a shout of praise and thanksgiving? He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Man, such a honor and a privilege to get to be here. We certainly love and appreciate Brother and Sister Townley, their family. And I think it would be in order to give this local church a great hand for opening their doors, putting this on. Certainly appreciate a safe place to come where our young people can fellowship one with another and hear a sure word from the Lord. And tonight we're going to hear tremendous Bible preaching. Uh, Brother Sam Ham is an anointed man of God, and I'm looking forward to that. You can already feel a stirring in this house. God wanting to do something in his spirit is already freely moving. And uh, a lot of times we talk about God creating things out of nothing, and we know that God can do that. Let me tell you what God likes to do. When, when God speaks in his word of the beginning, it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it doesn't say that there was no earth. It said that it was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep of it. It was chaos and confusion and there was no order to it. And what happened was is the Spirit of God began to move and then the Word of God went forth and God began to put order into chaos. And you know what? That's what God wants to do in this house tonight. The enemy has tried to cause chaos and confusion into your life. And if you let the word be sowed into your heart Amen. with the spirit that's moving. You'll leave here with order and direction, and you'll leave here with people saying, and it is good. I'm thankful for that kind of a God tonight. Man, I salute all of our brothers, the ministers that are here tonight. Love you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, Brother Jackson. God bless you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Gathered among God's people. There's no other place that I'd rather be than among God's people. Amen. I salute Brother Townley tonight. Give him the highest honor. I came to hear my friend preach. One of the greatest preachers I believe in Pentecost. Amen. And I'm staying till it's over. Amen. I was thinking when I was about your age, 17, 18, 19... 
there was a term that had come out, amen, people that thought they were something, people that would walk around with fake cell phones, we would call them perpetrators, people that thought they were tough, amen, that really, amen, when it boiled down to it, didn't have anything at all, amen, can I tell you tonight, the devil's not scared of any perpetrators, all right, Amen. I'm reminded of a story. Amen. In the Bible, Gideon had a son. His name was Jether. Amen. Jether had been following his dad around for quite some time, watching him wipe the face of the earth with the Midianites. And we understand, amen, that he had to have seen a lot of violence. Uh Amen. Amen. And there's no doubt he had to put on the armor just like the rest of the army. Uh Amen. But they found a day when Jether was put on the spot. Uh Amen. And there there was two kings set in front of him. Amen. And his daddy said, up and slay Jether. Uh And the Bible says that Jether didn't move because he was afraid. Amen. Just because you got that sword on tonight, amen, the enemy's not scared of you one bit. Amen. But what he is scared of is a group of young people that's not afraid to take the sword out of the scabbard. Amen. And bring it against the enemy. Amen. When Paul gets through talking about putting on all the army of God, he said, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The only thing that scares the devil is a group of young people that got their heart, their hand wrapped against the Holy Ghost sword that's not afraid to stick it in the face of the enemy and say, bring it on. Amen. Rejoice. Not against me, my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Amen. You ought to be excited tonight. Amen. To be in a one God. Apostolic Jesus name, tongue talking place, amen, where the power of God, amen, rest upon, amen, this platform, amen, you ought to be on your feet, shouting and worshiping God, and let the devil know you just don't have the armor, but you've got the sword in your hand. Everybody clap your hands and worship him. Amazing grace. 
I would like Pastor Franklin from Abbeville to come prepare to testify tonight. Amen. And also, I would like Brother uh, Cody Bryant, if you will, an evangelist, to come prepare to testify and greet us tonight. Amen. Are you enjoying this service in the presence of the Lord tonight? Brother Franklin, God bless you. Brother Bryant. Praise the Lord, everybody. Many, I'm just glad to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Counting an honor to be here with Elder Townley, his family, Brother Helm tonight. Amen. To hear the word of God, all the ministry, all the folk, all the young people. Amen. Glory. It's a good life living for the Lord. Amen. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing today. I've read the back of the book. I know we're winning. Amen. We're going to make it today. Hallelujah. Lift your head up. Things may look worse or rough on the outside, but we're attached to the goods. Amen. I'm attached to the vine. And as long as I stay attached to the vine, everything's going to be all right. Do you love him? God bless you. Let's have church. Praise the Lord, everyone. So good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. So thankful for the presence of the Lord that I feel. Uh, Such a freedom, such a liberty, such an anointing that's moving in this place tonight. And I do give honor to Brother Townley for putting this meeting on tonight. Now, I'm excited to be in the presence of the Lord one more time. Uh, I was thinking on the way down here, there's a uh, church back home in Mobile that... Um, they changed their name here recently, and they just changed it from a normal denominal name to being uh, the relevant church. Wow. And I began to think about that today as it came to my mind, just reading over Psalms 100. The Bible says in Psalm 105, For the Lord is good. Uh-huh. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. If you want to know know what's relevant in this generation, it's still truth. It's still the Acts 2.38 message. It's still the plan of salvation, the death, burial, resurrection plan of salvation. I'm thankful for truth that's still being preached in this hour. And uh, while I'm still a rather young man, still trying to hold on to as much of the youth as I can, but I am thankful today that somebody took the time to preach truth into my heart. Thankful that somebody took time to preach the Acts 2.38 message, this one God salvation. Uh, we want you to give the Lord a good hand clap of praise to me. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Poke your neighbor and say, it's good to see you on a Friday night. Amen. It is so good to have each and every one of you tonight in Jennings, Louisiana at our youth rally. Our, our theme for this year is the same as last year. Uh, it is STAND, and that's an acronym meaning stay true and never deviate. Stay true and never deviate. There was a generation uh, in the Old Testament after Joseph, the, the scripture says in the beginning of Exodus, a generation rose up that knew not Joseph. And we find then how that Uh, Ever since that verse on, there was captivity and bondage to the people of God, to the Hebrew children. And they really did face hell on earth. When they finally received the victory after 400 years praying and seeking and, and begging God for deliverance and begging God to be taken out of captivity... Finally, a deliverer, Moses, was brought up in the house of Pharaoh and, and uh, ran away. We know the story, how that Moses ran away and, and spent some time in the wilderness, heard from God through a burning bush, and, and came back to deliver the people uh, from the Egyptians. 
when they were journeying away from bondage into the wilderness, the dust of a mighty army started rising from behind them. Uh The smell of salt from the Red Sea filled their lungs. The sound of the waves lapping onto the shore echoed in their ears. The sight of defeat was growing larger and larger in their perspective. They were defeated already in their mind. And we come to a place in Exodus chapter number 14 where Moses is dealing with a group, a big, big group of people that is fearing for their lives and gathering their children around them and, and starting to weep and cry and say, why would... Uh, God lead me into this situation just to be killed by the enemy outside of Egypt. And, and Moses said unto the people in verse number 13, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Hallelujah. In this youth rally tonight, I want each and every one of you just to take some time to clear your mind of every doubt, of every fear in your circumstance tonight. And I want you to understand that that you're in the presence of the King. Amen. You're in the presence of a mighty warrior that goes before you and fights your battles. You may still that struggle within. You may feel that still. But I want to encourage you tonight. Greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. All you've got to do is clear your mind of that fear and stand still in his presence. Stand still in his presence. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He said, fear not, stand still. I'm reminded in in the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 17, how that David was, was able to stand before the giant. But before he even stood before a giant. Before he ever uh, uh, spoke the words of the Lord and, and swung the sling and cast the stone and, and jumped on top of the giant and slew him to his death. We find in, in scripture how that the king called him into the courts and, and had him play the music before the king. Let me tell you something tonight. You may have dealt with your, your trials and your circumstances before you came here. But here you are in the presence of the king. And you have an opportunity to entertain the king tonight the king of kings and the lord of lords hallelujah things you lived with for years past things that you've dealt with the bondages that you've dealt with for years and years and years are being are are about to be destroyed by the hand of the lord Hallelujah. That that sight of defeat that you used to see. God's now saying just stand still and understand that your day of salvation is right now. Understand that your day of salvation and deliverance and healing and revival is right now. It's right now. He made a promise to Abraham years and years and years ago. He said, no, no matter what comes, no matter what, what, what goes, I want you to understand that there's going to be a nation birthed just by you. By your seed, there's going to be a nation birth. Hallelujah. In in the latter verses of Exodus chapter number 14, God said, why are you crying to me, Moses? You grab those people and you move forward. You start moving forward. You start moving on. I know it looks like uh, destruction in front of you and it looks like destruction behind you, 
but just stand on your feet and keep moving forward. You've got to keep pressing on. Young people, it doesn't matter who, who gives up on you. It doesn't matter who quits on you. It doesn't matter about the peer pressure beside you. You've just got to stand. You've got to stay true and never deviate from this truth. Stand on God's promises. Stand on God's calling. You've got to stand. What you don't understand is when God said it, it's going to happen. If God said it, it's going to happen. It's, you might as well take it to the bank and, and, and let it rest assured in your mind that everything that God said, it's going to be accomplished. That lost family member you've been praying for and God gave you a word, it's going to happen. That revival that you've been begging God for, Pastor, it's going to happen. That healing that God's promised you, it's going to happen. The restoration of your mind, the getting rid of suicidal thoughts and depression and depression of the enemy, it's going to happen. He's going to restore you. Deliverance and victory, it is going to happen. Amen. Is anybody grateful for the promises of God? Hallelujah. We're standing on His promises tonight. Hallelujah. Can you hear the voice of the Father inviting you to walk on the water? Risk it all, answer the
be seated. I would like Brother Newman to come prepare to testify. Brother Seth Shoemake, if you will, please come prepare to testify uh, tonight. And Brother Jonathan Howell, I'd like for you to come prepare to testify tonight. And after they are finished testifying, I would like Brother Shields to come and um, greet us tonight. And I don't know who's singing exactly with him or from his church, but if you will, come prepare to sing uh, following these testimonies tonight. Um, we want to remind you that youth camp uh, for the Gulf Coast Apostolic Youth Camp 2017 will be held in uh, Eunice, Louisiana again. The dates uh, for senior camp are July the 24th through the 27th. Pastor Ben Weeks and Pastor Paul Deeds will be preaching in that camp. And then junior camp will be held July 31st through August the 2nd. And Austin, Pastor Austin Clark, will be preaching uh, that camp. He will be the camp evangelist. Youth camp is always a wonderful time. God has done many mighty things, filled people with the Holy Ghost, and given young people victory time and time again uh, in the services each year. And we're expecting the Lord to do it again this year. I wonder uh, how many of you have ever, how many of you received the Holy Ghost the first time in youth camp? Raise your hand. I'm just curious. All right. I see all over this building young people receive the Holy Ghost uh, in youth camp. You know, you never, I mentioned you never know what uh, will happen in a single service and what all is going on in the potential of a given service. Tonight there was a sister that uh, came into this service, and I talked to her right before a service. Sister Misty, if you will, just stand. I'm not going to have you speak, but if you will, just stand. Uh, we taught Sister Misty uh, the Search for Truth Bible studies. We just baptized her just a short while back. And uh, we're just glad for what God is doing in her life. And I, I walked past her after she was seated tonight. She said, you know, Brother Townley, I have never been to this place before, but I've seen this in a dream, and God has something special for me tonight. He has sent me to this house. Amen. I'm just telling you, you never know. You never know and what God is going to do in a given. I'm believing God to fill souls with the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight and transform lives. Amen. Brother Newman, will you come greet us? And uh, also... Brother Shields and Brother Shoemaker. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Thank you, Brother Townley, for the invitation to be here. And good to be in Jennings with this uh, fine church. And, and I appreciate the uh, vision that Brother Townley has in, in uh, uh, putting on a, a, a youth, uh, youth rally. And it's just an honor and a privilege to be here. And uh, <clears throat> give honor to all the other good uh, ministering brethren here. So many friends and uh, uh, I tell you what, um, even if I don't know you personally, you're still my friend. Amen. Amen. And I tell you, I need friends in this hour. I need, I, when I go back to my home church, I need to know that there's people in Jennings and, and Starks and, and Jenneret and wherever they might be, I, and Moss Bluff. I need to know that there are still people upholding the truth and righteousness, still believing in holiness, believing that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one, that it takes uh, repentance, uh, baptism in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So good to be here. Uh, I just feel like saying this tonight. You know, we live in a, we live in a pressure-packed world. And uh, there's so many things vying for our time and, and, and our attention. And, and you know, thank, thank God for these. Uh, I mean, these can be a, 
these can be good and they can be bad. But, you know, these cell phones, uh, uh, you know, thank God for the little notes that you can take on them. You know, we used to, we used to write, write numbers or write things down on our, on our hand, you know, before the cell phones came along. And, and you know, all through the day you would kind of look at your hand and remember, remember a, a phone number or something. That, uh, but you know what, over time, with, with, uh, as the day wore on and your hands got a little sweaty, you know, uh, they began to wear off. And you may have uh, smudged it or something. But you know what? The book of Isaiah, <clears throat> he says, the Lord said, I have engraved you on the palms Amen. of my hands. Amen. I want to tell someone here tonight, when you engrave something, it doesn't come off very easy. Amen. When you engrave something, it's kind of there permanently. I want to tell someone here tonight, God has not abandoned you. God has Amen. not forsaken you. Whatever you might be going through tonight, just remember, He has engraved your names on the palms of His hands, and He's not going to forget about you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I want to tell you something. If you'll just let the Holy Ghost move tonight, let this preacher minister to you, no telling what God's going to do. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was uh, taking a minute to try to gather my thoughts over there. Uh, but I was thinking um, that in uh, the book of Acts, the apostles were uh, accused of uh, teaching the gospel all throughout their cities and, and spreading the gospel all through their cities and making the, the message of Jesus Christ known all throughout their cities. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder uh, if I could be accused of the same thing. All right. I wonder if, if somebody could stand me in a courtroom and if a judge could look at me and, and if you would begin to read the accusations and say, you are making the message of Jesus Christ known in your city. You are, we are accusing you of spreading the gospel of right. Jesus Christ all over this city. Every, every person in this city has heard you preach and they've seen you passing out flyers and, and you keep knocking on their doors and you won't leave them alone and you keep picking up their kids and taking them to Sunday school. And I wonder if there's any young people here tonight that you're not going to go home feeling apathetic about the city that you live in or the church that you go to, but you're going to go home with a fresh fire and a fresh fervency saying, I'm going to make the message of Jesus Christ known in my city. I'm going to make the name of Jesus Christ known in my city. And there are going to be souls that make their way to heaven because I was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are going to be names that are written in the Lamb's book of life because I wouldn't shut up and I wouldn't sit down and I wouldn't go home but I made the name of Jesus known if you feel that way why don't you lift up your hands and just thank the Lord and ask him to put a fresh fire in your heart and send you home with a fresh fervency amen hallelujah why don't we just take a deep breath everybody could you do that just take a deep breath. Amen. We all uh, have been to many youth rallies before. Uh, I'm a new person to this youth rally, yeah. new to Louisiana. And just as a young person, it can be intimidating to be somewhere for the first time. Yeah. Just as some of you young people are intimidated tonight, being with other young people, people you don't know, people that you aren't familiar with. Amen. 
But tonight you can already feel a troubling in the atmosphere. Amen. You can already feel the presence and the spirit of the Lord moving. It's not by accident or happenstance that you're here, but it's by divine destiny that you are in this place tonight. There are people that have come here tonight battling depression, battling sickness, battling confusion. But I want to tell you something tonight. You don't have to leave the same way you come in Jesus' name. Young person, don't allow the crowd to dictate to you how you're going to respond to the presence of the Lord. What the Lord is looking for is to Somebody that would be willing to get out of your comfort zone and to let your knee cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Don't be like the other sick people that were sitting beside blind Bartimaeus, but get beside of yourself and say, you do what you want to do, but I have a need. I've cried myself to sleep one too many nights. I'm not going to cry myself to sleep one more time, but I'm going to make a connection with the one that can make a difference. I want to tell you tonight, you don't have to leave with the sickness in your body. You don't have to leave confused, but you can leave set free. You can leave delivered. You can leave filled with the Holy Ghost. I do believe that it's God's will to touch and deliver you tonight. Hallelujah. I wonder how many people went home sick that day. How many people were in the crowd as the lady with the issue of blood. They were pressing around about him. And as they began to touch Jesus, it did not face him. He was used to a crowd. But as somebody who had a desperate heart touched him, he asked the question, who touched me? What the Lord is looking for in this place tonight is somebody to reach out with a desperate spirit and a desperate heart saying, yeah, we're going to play ball later. Yeah, we're going to visit later. But right now, I have a desperation in my heart. I've got to make a connection with him. I have got to get in touch with the master. I can promise you if you'll do that, you're not going to leave disappointed. You're not going to leave without getting everything you need tonight. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could all just stand right now and lift our hands and begin to worship him. Come on, if we could just begin to praise him. If we could just begin to magnify him. Put everything else aside. Put everything else out of your mind right now. God, we've got to have your spirit. God, we've got to have you working in our midst right now, Jesus. Come on, could you do it with everything that you got, with all of your heart right now. God, I love you. Come on, begin to clap your hands as you're doing it. Come on, begin to lift your voice right now together. Oh, God, we worship you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be in youth rally tonight in Jennings with Townley, our friend. Look forward to hearing my good, good, good friend, one of my best friends. We got a brother Ham. We're going to be blessed by the word of the Lord tonight. I already feel a stirring in the atmosphere. Amen. Somebody can leave here tonight, and you don't have to leave here like you came. In Jesus' name. I wouldn't be here tonight if it wasn't for the Lord. Literally. Amen. I, I went to the uh, 
doctor the other day get a little checkup. You have to do that when you get our age, I guess. They tell me I do. And uh, the nurse, I went to a new doctor, and the nurse was asking me all these questions. And she said, you had this, this, this. You ever had seizures? I said, yes, ma'am, I did. I said, when I was newborn, I had seizures. And uh, she said, are you still taking medicine? I said, no, ma'am. I said, because at three months old, amen, my parents took me to church. And the doctors had already said there's no hope. Either the medicine we got him on kills him or the seizure kills him. But uh, at three months old, God healed me instantly. Hallelujah. And I've never had another seizure in my life. And she looked at me and she said, God must have had a plan for you. (laughs) You know what? If you've been fighting or something's been fighting you, hang in there. If the devil ain't fighting you, you, he's already got you. But if he's fighting you, you're doing something right. God's got a plan for you. Praise God. Amen. Tonight someone can receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody can receive a miracle. The ladies here tonight, Brother Townley mentioned, amen. This could be her night for God to, he said, that give her a Bible study and and, uh, baptized her. She can leave here tonight filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost because it's a promise. Praise God. Amen. We serve a miracle-working God. I feel miracle power here tonight. You know why? Because Jesus is in the house. Turn around to somebody and tell them Jesus is in the house. Amen. They're going to sing, worship the Lord tonight.
Amen. Beautiful singing about the wonderful, glorious name of Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to remind you tonight that we have um, reserved a gym, uh, and it's the same gym that we normally go to uh, during uh, our time of fellowship here at the Youth Rally. And it is uh, at the Church of Christ. There are flyers in the foyer, on the foyer table, uh, that gives directions uh, to the gym. And so I'm not going to take time tonight uh, to tell you, but if you want to just stop by the tables, there's uh, directions on some flyers in the foyer. Also, uh, there will be uh, barbecue sandwiches and um, chips and drinks and desserts there. Uh, no charge. Go have a great time of fellowship. Uh, enjoy yourselves tonight. Thank you for coming. We really appreciate uh, you being here. And all of the pastors and ministers who are here tonight and lay ministers, evangelists, missionaries, thank you for coming and being a part of this service. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We'll give the ministers a hand. And immediately following the service, there will be a meal prepared at uh, Sister Townley and I's home. And uh, it's very easy to get to when you, when you uh, go out of the parking lot here. Take a right. There's a, there's a caution light. Uh, just You'll see it immediately. Take a left at the caution light. That's Alice Street. Take a left on, the Alice, on Alice Street, and it is the second house on the right. So a right out of the Grand Marais. Take a left at the caution light, the second house on the right. There are two driveways on each side of the house. Feel free to pull in the driveways or park on the street. It's no problem. All of the ministers and their wives uh, and family, you are all welcome to come and enjoy a meal. It's good because Sister Townley prepared it. And so it is going to be good. Um, so uh, we do receive an offering. If you'd like to give an offering, uh, we're going to receive an offering at this time. God bless you as you give unto the Lord. And in just a few moments, we're going to hear the wonderful preaching of the Word of God. How many loves the preaching of the Word of God? Amen. So give as unto the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord in song as you give. Praise God. Go ahead. <laughs>
for us on the cross the two symbols of our salvation is the cross of Jesus Christ and is the empty tomb both are very significant we needed him to die that we could live we needed the blood that he would shed through his broken body for the remission of our sins we could experience pardon and forgiveness We needed more than just cleansing and forgiveness. We needed resurrection power. We needed a new life. Because Christ died, he was placed in the grave, he rose again. And because he has risen, our faith is not in vain tonight. We have experienced the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad you've experienced the power of the blood and the power of the Holy Ghost? He's alive and he's alive in our hearts through the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. Let's give the Lord the praise from our hearts right now. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Thank you, Brother Ham, for accepting the invitation. I love you, respect you, and appreciate you very, very much. I have not got the privilege to have known Brother Ham as long as most of the other younger pastors in this area. We met, you know, when we were a little older. We're still young, but we were just a little bit, you know, younger back then. But several, several years ago, I was able to get to know Brother Ham. And what a blessing it has been to be able to call him my friend. And uh, last year... Uh, shortly after our youth rally, I felt led of the Lord to have Brother Ham come and preach in this youth rally tonight. And so I have been looking forward to this night for a long time. I'm confident that the Lord is going to use you tonight. And we want you to just enjoy the liberty. You don't have to take it, enjoy it, and let the Lord use you. Everybody say, God bless the preaching of the word. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. It's good to see all of you here tonight. Wonderful group of young people and uh, a few of us older people. But I'm glad to be here. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad the Lord called me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've never known any other life. So good. And I've never wanted to go out and see what the world had. Amen. Amen. I made up my mind a long time ago. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. It's because of rallies and camps and conferences, because of a good pastor and a good home church, that I'm standing here tonight. Amen. It's because of the blood that Jesus shed to forgive Amen. me of my sins. Amen. The power of the Holy Ghost helps me live above sin and free from the power of sin. So right. The Bible said in First Timothy, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly in the latter times. Some shall depart from the faith, All right. giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I'm glad it didn't say all would depart from the faith. It did say some, but not all. At the end of the chapter, Paul said to Timothy, Take heed to thyself and to the doctrine. For in so doing, thou shalt save thyself. Amen. If we're going to be saved in this end time hour, not only do we need a Holy Ghost experience... But we need an understanding of the doctrine, Amen. the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Long after the shout has worn off, doctrine will carry you through. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Praise the Lord. I'm glad he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Townley and the... Apostolic Church here in Jennings for sponsoring this meeting tonight. I'm honored to be in this place and to be speaking to this group tonight. And uh, I salute all of the ministry that is here and all of the young folks that are serving the Lord in 2017. It's my privilege to be here to speak to you tonight. 
Praise the Lord. If you would stand with me and open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12. So good to see all of the other ministering brethren who are here tonight. And among them, I see one of my lifelong friends, Brother Tim James, is over here. And what could I say about Sister James? She's been like a mother to me. <laughs> hey, what great people. I love Brother and Sister James, and I'm glad for their godly influence in my life. Amen. John chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Would you pray with me now for the help of the Holy Ghost in the remainder of this service? God, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the songs, every exhortation, the offering received. I ask you to bless now the reading and preaching of your word tonight. Anoint these lips of clay. Touch my mind and my heart and my spirit. Touch the ears of the hearers and the hearts of the hearers tonight. Let us hear tonight, but let us go forth and be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Years ago, back in the last century, a few decades ago when I was a teenager, we did not communicate by cell phones because we had no cell phones. And uh, we wrote letters. And uh, we sent letters to people that we were interested in communicating with. And very often, when you wrote the letter and signed your name and had said everything you wanted to say, you would think of one more little thing. And so you'd write a little postscript down at the bottom, bottom of the page, and you'd say, P.S., I can't wait to see you. Sometimes we get in certain environments and the preaching is kind of like a postscript. It's like, well, we've done everything else. Oh, we've got to have some preaching. But I trust that you will not treat the preaching like a postscript to this youth rally. Somebody asks you in days and weeks to come, well, how was the rally? Well, the singing was excellent. The music was right on key and in time. Man, the barbecue was good. We had so much fun at the gym. I got 12 new numbers for my, my, my contacts. Really? Anything else? Well, we had comfortable chairs and the air was on and Brother Townley's such a nice guy, and the people in Jennings always treat you so nicely. Really, and that was youth rally. Did you meet any new people? Oh, yeah, I met several new people. Oh, yeah, by the way, some old guy preached. And uh, 
a postscript. They'll just, you, but uh, we're saved by preaching. Praise the Lord. We're saved by preaching. Yes, we are. And if you make it to heaven, it's going to be because somebody preached to you. Praise the Lord. I appreciate the singing, but you're not going to be sung to heaven. Praise the Lord. You're going to be preached to heaven. Praise the Lord. And uh, in preparing for this rally tonight and in thinking about, God, what would you have me to say? My mind went back to some of my earlier years of serving the Lord. Remembering some of the struggles and trials that I came through in living for the Lord. Thank the Lord I was born to apostolic parents and they took me to church from a child. I guess the first place I went when I left home was to church. And we've been there many times since. And I thank God for that. But I remember even with all of the privilege of growing up in the church in a godly home and a great church family and a good pastor. I remember those those days of struggle and those times of difficulty. And I thought, God, if you would let me say a little something to help a young person tonight to live for you better. I would like to help someone who has considered walking out of the church and never coming back again. I would like to reach for someone tonight who the enemy has beat you down and condemned you. Over mistakes that you have made. I want to tell you that we have an adversary. And the Bible calls him the accuser of our brethren. The Bible says about him, he accused them before our God day and night. I want to give you just a little modern day word for accuser. And that's tattletale. And I'm going to talk to you about how to overcome the tattletale tonight. Amen. Have you ever known a tattletale? I guess every group's got one. Seems like every church has one. Every youth group's got one. I guess every family's got one. And uh, I remember back in school days, if if you was going to go out past the end of the playground, there's certain kids you didn't want to take with you. Because they're going to run back and tell the teacher. Teacher, teacher, there's kids out beyond the playground. And uh, I've, I've got more than one whipping because of a tattletale. I had a cousin who was especially good at it. And uh, sometimes he didn't run in the house. He would say just real loudly out in the yard, You better stop. I'm going to tell my mama. And here come mama running. And then you say, Well, you little, ta- oh, I didn't tell on you. Yeah, you, you told on me by your loud, whiny voice. We, were, we carpooled back then, and uh, whoever was the oldest among the cousins got to drive. I finally made it. But my brother was driving. There were about six of us in an old Fairlane Ford. I was sitting in the front. I moved from the back seat up to the front seat finally. My little tattletale cousin had a rubber band. He kept popping me in the back of the head with it. I turned around. I said, if you hit me in the back of the head one more time, you're going to regret it. Boy, he laughed real big and popped me in the back of the head. When we got to the house to let him out, as soon as he came come out the door, I met him. 
I cuffed him upside the head a couple times. I said, now don't hit me in the head with that rubber band anymore. Straight home and crying to his mama, who told his daddy, who told my daddy, who didn't ask any questions. <laughs> he just came and gave me a, a, a tearing up, Mississippi terms, because of a, a tattletale. You know, it's something to go out and do something wrong and be have somebody tell on you, but it's something else for somebody to taunt you and tempt you and get you to do something that you shouldn't do so they can tell on you. Some people love to watch other kids get in trouble. Oh, yeah, they do. And we've had them, and so have you. I remember back in church school, we had a, a certain teacher named Sister Rose. And if you... If you cross Sister Rose, she would take you by the fingers and bend them back, and she had a little ruler. She'd pop you right in the palm of your hand. I guess that'd be child abuse today. Yeah. Probably was then. It felt like it. <laughs> but uh, in those days, you just had people that would would taunt you, and then they would run tell on you. They loved to see you get in trouble. Sister Rose had a little little sign she would make you wear. It would say, I am a tattletale. You wear one on the front of your shirt and one on the back. You had to wear that all day. Now, she didn't want you letting bad things happen that were not reported. But she was after that attitude that said, I'm going to tell on you so you can get a whipping. I'm going to tell on you so the teacher can punish you. I'm going to tell what you've been doing so you can miss recess. Uh And we had those tattletales, and nobody liked them. And the devil is the original tattletale. Uh He's the the original accuser. The Bible said he accuses us before our God day and night. And there's another term I would like to introduce you to. It's called entrapment. Now, in legal terms, which I'm not a lawyer, you could tell that by the way I talk. In legal terms, entrapment means to lure someone into a compromising act so they can be punished for it. And the best way I know how to describe that is to tell you about a little mechanical stuffed animal called Bucky. Now, Bucky... Looks like a beautiful ten-point deer. Bucky can wiggle his ears and wag his tail. Bucky can turn his head this way and that. Bucky looks really good, especially in a spotlight. Yeah, right. Yeah, some of y'all are getting with me now. And, uh, you know, you got... Bubba and Junior, pardon me if that's your name, but I come from Mississippi, I said. And Bubba and Junior riding down the road, and uh, one of them looks over and says, Hey, Bubba, I just saw supper on the side of the road. Yeah. Wheel the truck around. Shine the light just right. Bucky's turning his head this way and that. Shake his ears and wag his tail. All of a sudden, everything's ready, and they fire the shot. Bucky looks this way and that. 
gun is off. I dropped my scope. Let me try again. Bam! Bucky looks this way and that. And all of a sudden, a little tap on the side of the truck. Come on, boys. We got you. You're hunting from the road. But, Mr. Game Warden, you knew we couldn't resist Bucky. These old boys in round Natchez, Mississippi, shot at Bucky till they run out of bullets. And they're a little bit drunk, so they left the road in their four-wheel drive truck and ran over Bucky. And they got charged not only with illegal hunting, but trespassing and destruction of state property. Isn't it amazing that these game wardens, knowing the weakness and the tendency of southerners and rednecks who often go hungry if they don't kill something, they know the weakness and the tendency of men to carry guns in their trucks and spotlights and so forth and so on. And so they set themselves up where they know a hunter is going to be passing and they just can't wait. You might say, well, Brother Ham, you sound like you know a lot about it. (laughs) Believe it or not, I do. (laughs) I saw Bucky. Bucky is beautiful. (laughs) Bucky would look good in your office. Bucky would look good in your den. But he looks kind of funny about 80 yards out in a pipeline. I didn't go to jail, but I did get a ticket. Because I stopped and looked at Bucky. And I had a bullet in the gun. But I didn't use it. I wanted to on that clown in the bushes with that video camera. <laughs> Not only was one game warden there in the middle of Homochitta National Forest. Can you believe it? Riding up and down those gravel roads just trying to clear my mind of all life's troubles. <laughs> Looked out the pipeline and right in the, in the middle of the day. It's so stupid to think that a full-grown buck would stand there in the middle of the day. And I looked at him. I really did. And he turned his head this way and that. And when I went to take off, he wagged his tail. And I stopped again and I said, Ah, that can't be real. And then he wiggled his ear at me. And I put the gun down, and I eased my truck in gear, and there's that tap on the back of the truck. And I looked over, and there's a game warden. And then I look in the bushes, and there's another one. I thought, man, these guys are serious. (laughs) And what they want to do is haul you into court get you before the judge and say, Your Honor, Mr. Samuel Ham was hunting illegally from 107B in the Homochitta Forest. They want to take your hunting privileges. They'll take your truck and your guns. Why? They set a trap, and when you stick your foot in it, then they haul you to court. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's kind of a mean trick they're up to. But I want you to know somebody much meaner than that. That's the devil. He's been at it a long, long time. He watches you. He trails you. He tracks you. He studies you. He knows where 
Oh, yeah. He does. He knows that little side road you take to work. That's not on your way. Amen. Good. There's a cashier over there you like to visit with. You never left her a church car, but you've been by to see her. He follows you, young ladies, when you walk to the clothing department. He watches you as you pick up those magazines your mother won't let you buy, but you'll study all the latest fashions. He, he studies young people. He learns, your, he learns your habits. And then he goes ahead of you and he lays a snare before you. And the moment you stick your foot in it, then he runs to God. And he begins to tattle on you and he begins to accuse you. He begins to tell God all of the bad things that you've done. Not only does he tell God, he comes and tells you how sorry you are. He tells you how, how worthless you are, how stupid that was to do that. And he takes advantage of your naivety and he takes advantage of your innocence and your youth. And he, he'll get you to do something that you know is wrong, but he'll, he'll set that trap for you just right. And then when your foot's in it, then he's there to hammer you and hound you with, with condemnation. And too many times... Young people make that mistake that they feel like is the fatal mistake. And they give up on serving the Lord. Too many times young people go, go astray and get afoul of what the pastor's teaching and what the church stands for and what you know to be right. And, and you know it's wrong and you know better than to do it. But something draws you into that. And the moment you realize... I've crossed the point. I've passed that place. I'm now disobedient. I've now committed a sin. The devil is there to push you away from God and push you away from the church and push you away from your parents and push you away from your pastor. Push you away from the people that love you and the people that could help you. I'm telling you it's a trick of the devil to drive you away from God and away from church. Praise the Lord. You, you need not think that the devil just started this when you were born into the world. All right. He started it when I, he was doing it when I was a teenager. He was doing it when my parents were teenagers. As a matter of fact, he went all the way back to the Garden of Eden and you find him there entrapping people and, and tempting people. And then when he causes them to commit that sin or that mistake, then he, he tries to push them away and make them hide from God. It's just a human tendency when you've done something wrong to hide from the hand that you know will correct you. It's a human tendency to run and hide in shame because you don't want to deal with the consequences of the actions that you have taken. And so let us go back to the Garden of Eden and see there Eve as day by day she passed by that tree. And her husband had told her, now God told me not to eat of it, so let's agree together that we just won't touch it. All right? And God didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat it. But somehow she kept going by until one day she looked and there among the leaves was a serpent. 
And the serpent began to talk to her. And the serpent began to very skillfully lay a trap for her by telling her what God said would happen will not surely happen. And, and Satan will defeat the counsel of your pastor. And he will defeat the counsel of your parents and your youth leader. He will defeat the counsel of your Sunday school teacher and other elders in your life by telling you, oh, what they're saying wouldn't really happen. God wouldn't do that to you. All right. And slowly but surely he begins to break down your resistance uh, until he one day, not only was she looking at that fruit, I believe she probably reached out and run her hand over it and then she picked a, a piece of it, maybe held it in her hand a day or two, I don't know. At some point, all I know is this, she took a bite of it and Adam took a bite of it and their conscience began to smite them and they were condemned that day and they ran and hid uh, and made coverings of fig leaves which were not nearly about sufficient to cover the action that they had just done. And sin was committed, and sin nature began to thrive in man and woman. Uh I want you to see, if I could just uh, help you imagine something in your mind, I want you to see as Satan, he heard when God said, when you eat of this, you're going to die. Yeah. And Satan knew the rule. Satan knew the playground rule. He knew how far kids could play and where they couldn't go beyond. And he had caused them to come across the line. And he ran back to the teacher to say, Teacher, teacher, little Johnny cross the line. And all of a sudden you see in that great courtroom in the Garden of Eden as God, the judge of all the ages, come walking in the cool of the day. And he called the defendant there, Adam and Eve, to stand before him. And he called the prosecuting attorney, Satan, to the scene of the crime. And he began to ask questions and investigate. And I can see Satan as he's rubbing his hands together in glee saying, I got him this time, I got him this time. The crown jewel of God's creation. Those who have taken my place in praise and worship and fellowship. I've now got them trapped. And there's no recourse. They're going to die today. And Satan was so tickled with himself and so happy with his plan that he couldn't wait to hear God say, All right, today's the day that you die. And there he accused them and he was tattling on them and he was telling God, God, you remember what you said. You said if they ate it, they would die. Now come on with the sword and kill them. Come on with the sword and kill them today. I'm ready to see some blood flow. You kicked me out of heaven. Now I want to see you do away with this man and this woman. You said they were going to die now. Oh, I've heard them say, Teacher, you said you'd whip them if they did that. And they did it. Now we want to see them get their due. Oh, the devil's the original, most devious. He's the worst tattletale the world has ever known. And God was there. It's okay. I'm going to use it. Thank you. And God was there. And Adam and Eve were there. And the devil was there. And I can see Adam and Eve as they were cowering there in shame and fear, wondering just how this is going to play out. They've been hiding from God, and God came down and He said, Now this is where we normally meet. 
I'm in the prayer room, Adam. And this is where we usually meet before service, but I don't find you, Adam. I'm at Bible study, and normally you're here, Adam, but where are you, Adam? Normally, Eve, you're always here at ladies' devotions and come early for youth functions. But where are you, Eve? And they're trembling and afraid and wondering what God is going to do to them to punish them. And the devil's reminding God, God, you said they would die. You said they would die. Now let's see judgment be poured out upon them. And it's like, as it were, God disappeared for a few moments. uh, And he come back dragging something in his hand. uh, And they looked uh, as blood was dripping off of that animal skin. uh, And God walked over to Adam and Eve. uh, And he said, let me give you a little secret. Don't ever hide from me. Come hide in me. Don't ever hide from me. Come hide in me. God said to Adam, Adam, you know that was wrong, but don't ever run away from me in fear. Come running back to me and say, God, I made a mistake. Would you cover me with your grace and mercy one more time? When you make a mistake, the first thing the devil tells you, you messed up this time. There's no use in you even going back to church. And God's saying, don't run away from church. Run back to church. Don't run away from the altar. Run back to the altar. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. Some people would say, well, Brother Ham, you're you're giving young people a license to sin. Oh, no, I'm not. The Bible says about grace, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, Amen. But when I hear about the goodness of God uh, and the grace of God, uh, it doesn't make me want to run out in the world and sin some more. It makes me want to get closer to Him uh, and love Him better and serve Him better. Praise the Lord. So I want to tell you, young person, tonight, when you make a mistake and the accuser comes, rule number one, don't run from God, run to God. Don't hide from God, but come back and hide in God. The Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You know where you're going to hide? You're going to hide beneath the blood of Jesus Christ. When did you get that blood applied to your life? When you got baptized in His name. That's when all of your sins were washed away and remitted away from your life. It was more than just being forgiven. It was a remission and a wiping away of your sins. And you come back and you say, cover me again with your blood. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't run from God. Run to God. Praise the Lord. Don't hide from God. Hide in God. You say, God, cover me again. Let your righteousness cover me one more time. Praise the Lord. 
years ago when I was a very young child, I had a problem telling the truth. I told lies if you're trying to figure that out. And uh, if any of you have ever known my mother, you know her to be a very stern disciplinarian. My mother grew up in the Mississippi Delta chopping cotton and picking cotton. And she was a farm girl and very strong. And she had this unique way of punishing us by taking one strong hand and grabbing our wrist and taking another strong hand and whipping us with a switch. And she talked kind of slow and she whipped kind of fast and she always whipped till she got through talking. <laughs> Which made for some, some dancing and shouting and crying. Mama, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. I'll tell you when it's enough. Didn't I tell you not to cross that road? And my parents recognized that I was telling lies. I don't know why I told them. I don't even remember one I told. But I do remember my mother looking at me and saying, Son, the next time you tell a lie, no matter where we are, I'm going to pull your britches down and whip you. You'll never see me sag. <laughs> Anyway, one of my siblings and I were playing in the yard. I don't know what I said, but I remember her getting that look on her face. Like, I'm fixing to tell on you. And she ran to the house. My, the yard wasn't big enough to hide from mother. She found me in the front yard. And she did exactly what she said she was going to do. Of course, I couldn't run. My pants were around my ankles. <laughs> and she had that strong grip. But I learned a little something from that. Exp well, I learned a lot. <laughs> but I learned this. Anytime you find yourself in a mistake, don't sit around and run, hide in the corner and wait on the tattletale to get there first. I learned when I get crossways with Mama, if I can run to the house and say, Mama, I sure love you. Mama, look at these flowers I picked you as I ran to the house. <laughs> Mama, I know you told me not to. And I don't know why I did, but I did. And could I get a little mercy today? And you're looking over your shoulder saying, ha, 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 I beat you to mama. I want to tell you a little secret about living for God effectively. When you make a mistake, don't just sit in it. Suck your thumb and say, oh, I'm miserable and stupid and how could I ever have made that mistake? And you give the enemy all the time in the world. What you need to do is jump up as soon as you realize it and run back to God and beat the tattletale there and say, I need a little mercy today. I need a little help today. I'm going to tell you what 
what you'll find. You'll find grace to help in time of trouble. You'll find forgiveness. You'll find pardon. You'll find mercy at the cross. Don't the words of that wonderful old song say, when gloom and sadness whisper, I've never heard gloom and sadness whisper. Gloom and sadness are screaming in my ears. You've sinned. No use to pray. But I look away to Jesus and he tells me to say, I see a crimson stream of blood. No matter what the devil's telling you about yourself, you need to talk to God and say, God, I freely admit I've made a mistake. I've stumbled again. But if you'll help me, I'll do my best to never go down that trail again. I'm telling you, you need to run to God when you make a mistake. Don't put it in the hands of the enemy. Take care of it yourself. Come on, let's clap our hands and love the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. The musicians would join me here at the platform. I want to share just one third and final point with you tonight. Number one, don't hide from God. You've got to hide in God. Don't run from God. Run back to God. Number two, you beat the adversary back. Beat the accuser back. You get there first, all right? And then the third thing I would like to leave with you tonight is this. The Bible said in Romans 8 and 31, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, many times we quote that scripture in times of struggle, in times of intense battle and reaching out for victory. And we know that there's an adversary out there. And we quote this scripture in great faith by saying, if God be for us, who can be against us? Let's look down a little further in verse 33. Who shall lay anything? To the charge of God's elect. In other words, you're a child of God. Who's going to approach God and say, God, I want to tell you something about that person. Who's going to lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Verse 34 also says, who is he that condemneth? And so Paul's asking the question, who is it that feels capable of going to God and saying, I need to tell you something about so-and-so? We know that it's not a human being because we've all sinned. The, the, the stones we brought to the trial, we, we dropped them in the sand and went home. Who, who is he that is condemning? It's the devil. It's the accuser. But the Bible said, it is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. And so, when the accuser comes, and he begins to tell God all that you've done, 
Our great intercessor steps in this, in his place. And he stands between me and judgment. He stands between me and the devil. He's interceding. He's standing in my place. And he's saying, this, this one repented. This one died out to their sins. This one was baptized in my name. This one is hiding behind the cross and the blood that I shed. And then you go back and think, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. I want to tell every young person here tonight, God is for you. God wants to see you make it. God came to this earth, robed himself in flesh, and went to Calvary. Died on a cross just so he could stand in your stead and say, You're not getting past me to him. I'm the intercessor. I'm ever living to make intercession. The blood that I shed will never, 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 never lose its power. Stand with me tonight. The intercessor gets between us and the accuser. And he said, I beheld you as lightning fall from heaven. What do you mean in here condemning? What do you mean in here casting an accusation? And our intercessor keeps our enemy off of us. I want to tell you, young person, you can live for God. You can overcome the mistake you've made. You just got to come back to the altar and get in touch with God again. You just got to get a renewing in the Holy Ghost and pray through again. Hallelujah. As the singers begin to sing, I want to open the front of this auditorium tonight. Give you a chance to come and talk to the Lord. Come on, young people, come this way. Come on and love the Lord. Tell God I'm going to overcome. I'm going to make it. I'm living this moment. Hallelujah. Come on, thank God for His mercy. Thank God for baptism in your name and the remission of all my sins. Jesus. 
Jesus and not from Jesus. To hide in the Lord and not from Him. Thank you, Brother Ham, for such a wonderful, wonderful Word of God. I'm going to tell you tonight, of all of the things that you could hear, this is one of the most wonderful truths that you could have been taught and preached into your life tonight. Because I'm grateful for the blood of the past, but I'll need blood in my future. And a message like this is a message that not only will transform your life tonight, and has transformed your life tonight, and helped you tonight, but it's going to help you in your tomorrow your next year in the future of your life the way you're going to be able to stand is with this kind of preaching the bible said they overcame the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony amen i'm glad for the fresh application of the blood of jesus christ is anybody grateful right now tonight for the fresh washing and cleansing Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Ham. Amen. How many is grateful for what God has done in your life tonight? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Again, we want to remind you there is uh, uh, a gym rented. The flyers are in the foyer of the directions to the gym. There is a meal for the ministers and their family. Uh, whoever would like to come at our to our a meal at our house for whoever would like to come uh, again take a right out of the parking lot at the caution light take a left and we're the second house on the right I want to remind you of a, a, a couple uh, dates now youth camp 2017 Eunice Louisiana July 24th to the 27th that senior camp and then July 31st through August the 2nd is 
junior camp. And then there's uh, next year, the Lord's willing, we'll be able to get back uh, to our normal dates for our youth rally. Our youth rally here in Jennings is scheduled for May the 4th, 2018. And then there will be a uh, youth conference in Burr Ferry, June the 15th through the 17th. Uh, Brother Clay would like to invite all of you to be a part of that. Brother Harlan Morgan and Brother Nathan Cox will be preaching that. Uh, just, I'm grateful for the fellowship that we have here in the Gulf Coast. Such wonderful uh, brothers and churches are able to get together and have great times. Thank you for coming to Jennings tonight on behalf of the First Pentecostal Church of Jennings. We're so glad you came. Thank you for making this night what it is. Go with the love and the peace of God in your hearts. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.